I just wanted to say hello. I've been here for about 20 weeks, and I've never once turned on my mic. So this is CAC. Boom. 20th week is a charm. Thanks for saying hi, CAC. We appreciate it. I'll send you... I'll send you one of my personal pop tokens just for that effort you did. Love, love to hear it. All right. Well, on that note, welcome to the EOS Fireside Chat, everyone. I'm your host, Stefan Bisson, and today uh, we've got a great show planned for you guys. As always, we've got great guests. We've got great community members here in the chat already. If you want to participate in the firesides, join us like CAC just did, saying hi to the community. We love to hear it. Join us on Discord. Uh, join the EOS server, discord.gg friend slash EOS dash network to join the Discord server. Uh, we're also broadcasting live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you want. You can watch the you can watch the fireside, and we thank you uh, and we thank everyone for for joining here um, on Discord. All right, as, as always, um, like CAC did so well, when you join, join us on the mic, please uh, tell the community your name before you join. It makes, it, uh, makes the show more uh, easy to understand for our viewers and also for our editors. Um, and also, recently, not only are we live on all those socials I just mentioned, we're also now uploading these shows to the Everything EOS podcast. So that podcast was going on uh, a while back, and then it was uh, inactive for a bit, and now we've reactivated it. Uh, we had over 450 views from the show from uh, last week or the week before, so that's great. And you can find the Everything EOS podcast anywhere uh, that you f usually find your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, all of them. Find uh, the Everything EOS podcast because we've had feedback where people enjoy watching, uh, listening to the fireside. But if they're on mobile and they have to listen on YouTube, then YouTube does that annoying thing where you can't minimize YouTube to continue listening. So we're fixing that issue by uploading these firesides uh, to the e Everything EOS podcast. So you guys can keep up with everything that's going on in the EOS community, uh, hear from all of the uh, great uh, employees from the ENF and great community members that have been with us uh, for many years. And you can listen to them uh, you know, on podcast, on your mobile, while you're driving, while you're cutting the lawn or exercising or whatever it is you do when while uh, moving and learning is what I call listening to podcasts, which I really enjoy. All right, and final little uh, thing here, housekeeping before getting the show started uh today is the end of the month raffle for july so you still have 55 minutes to blend your july entry uh ticket over at blend.gems.io you'll find the community nft section and then in there you can find your july entry raffle so we've got 25 prizes today uh, of uh, 10 eos each sent to you in a little trophy nft that you can burn to claim your 10 EOS or hold for street cred in the community. And um, so we got 25 prizes. We've got more than that in terms of entries so far. So not everyone's going to win a prize. Good luck. Hope you do. Uh, if you don't win the 10 EOS prize, though, we are also sending some party crackers uh, 
to uh, people who don't win the, the big prize. Uh, and then Party Crackers contain uh, one of over 30 different collections of NFTs on EOS. Uh, some are really cool, some are kind of unknown and obscure, and it's always fun opening a Party Cracker NFT. All right, so um, having said all that, let's uh, go over the agenda for today. Uh, the agenda is smaller than usual, and then I wonder, oh, are we going to maybe not hit the two-hour mark this week? But we always hit it, so I'm sure we will. Uh, but yeah, today we'll be talking about, of course, Pomelo Season 3. We're in the thick of things for Pomelo. Uh, the first Fractal Fiction event happened over the weekend, and we've got Lars joining us today. That's going to give us an update on how that went. Uh, we'll be also mentioning the very important Mandel upgrade that's upcoming and the Mandel upgrade guide that has been published by the ENF uh, last week. And um, maybe uh, talk a bit about some hackathon news, maybe. And of course, the big story this week is uh, welcoming Patty Fisher as the new ENF uh, CMO. Um, so... That's kind of what we're what's uh, on deck today. Of course, uh, at the end of the show, after these stories, we have always have the uh, EOS community open mic session where everyone's invited to ask questions, uh, share feedback, say hi, what it, whatever it is uh, you want to do. Uh, Max, Joe, I'm going to have to server mute you here. And uh, yeah, so let's get the show started and talk about Pomelo Season 3. So... Yeah, gonna give some air horn action to Pomelo season three. Uh, it's been going really well so far. I, um, Daniel Keys has been doing the rounds, talking about Pomelo far and wide on the on the YouTube's and the crypto community and on Twitter, on Spaces, all over the place. I think uh, Daniel's been doing a really good job. He's really a good ambassador uh, for the Pomelo brand, for the Pomelo platform, and for all the great work that uh, everyone involved in Pomelo, not just in terms of building the platform, but contributing as grant creators and as supporters by donating to these uh, grants. Um, Daniel, did you want to jump on here real, real quick with no uh, no warning and share a bit about what's been going on with Pomelo in the last week? Hey, hey, yeah, sure, happy to have Thankfully, I'm between bites of my snack here, so I can, uh, my mouth is not full. <clears throat> Pomelo season three is going awesome. Um, so we've, uh, We've already, we still got about a week, a little less than a week to go um, before we're closed for applications. And we've already surpassed uh, the all-time high of season two's approved grant applications. So we had 140. Thanks for the air horn. Yeah, we had 140 approved in season two. We're up to 144 now. And uh, I still see some more applications coming in and uh, some, some pretty good ones that are, that are in the queue to get approved. Uh, so expect that number to continue to grow. Uh, on the donation front, uh, still got a way to go to catch up from from season two. So season two, we've raised uh, fifty eight thousand EOS in donations. Uh, at the time, that was worth one hundred thirty four thousand dollars US. This season, we've raised so far about thirteen, almost fourteen thousand EOS, which at today's prices, that's about seventeen thousand US dollars. Uh, still got a long way to go. We're we're uh, open for donations until the uh, the twenty seventh, I believe. Sophia, what's and going Sophia, on? Sophia, that's right, that's right. Sophia, she's been a great uh, contributor also to Pomelo. 
so yeah, great. It's been a <laughs> it's been a great season so far, and and uh, yeah, the quality of the grants just keep getting better. Uh, I think we mentioned this on previous fireside chats that it's uh, it's felt easier to approve these grants this season. The the community is kind of has been learning together each season uh, on you know how to target uh, the the public good within your potentially not public good business. Um, and we're, we're getting a lot more applications approved, a lot of quality pitches and, uh, yeah, it's just been so far a great season. Awesome. Thanks for that great update. And, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone, um, who joined us on the, on our Twitter spaces pitch session for Pomelo that happened just an hour ago on Twitter. Uh, I see a lot of you in here were out there as well. That's great to see. Um, we'll be hosting more pitch sessions in the future next week. Again, same time, Wednesday, 2 p.m. That one's actually very exciting because it's our rapid fire pitch session show. Uh, that was my favorite show from season two where uh, we get as many grant creators as, you know, as, as, as want to show up. We give them two minutes to give their, their pitch on what they're doing and why uh, they deserve support from the community. And uh, so that was really fun last time uh, seeing everyone get together. Uh, all the grant creators get together on one show and kind of everyone supporting each other and, and sharing their their great ideas for building public goods on EOS. So that's always fun to hear. So I encourage you guys to uh, tune in and listen if you are considering doing donations and everyone should be doing donations to Pomelo. And so this is a great opportunity to learn more um, about these grants as opposed to, of course, you can always go to Pomelo.io and just read up all the grants as well, which I'm sure many of you uh, will do as well uh, but that that show is great if you're a grant creator and you have not yet applied to be on this uh, pitch session the rapid fire pitch session definitely do that uh, there's still time to apply but of course this does take a bit some a bit of organization so don't expect to be able to apply like the day or the day or two right before so definitely apply this week to get on the show for next week I just shared the link for the Google form in the uh, voice chat here on Discord. And if you're listening uh, elsewhere, you can also go to at Pomelo Grants on Twitter and the pitch session sign up form is linked in the profile description there. So no excuse for you guys uh, to not uh, not sign up and join in this rapid fire pitch session. Also, uh, for these pitch sessions, they're not only for the English community, we're also hosting some for the Chinese and Korean community. Uh, so last season, we also hosted a Chinese uh, pitch session. And this season, we're introducing a Korean version of it as well. So the Korean version is going down tomorrow at uh, 1800, uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern, um, and can be found on the Twitter account EOS Korean. Uh, so that's the uh, EOS Nation Korean Twitter account. And that's where we'll be hosting our Twitter spaces for uh, Korean pitch session uh, tomorrow morning. So feel free to uh, give that a like and, and show your support for the Korean community. Um, there will be a translator in that pitch session. So um, it will be translated in both English and Korean. So it's really open to everyone. And then there's also uh, Chinese pitch sessions, which uh, will be finalized and announced um, anytime now. All right. Um, anyone uh, want to share some thoughts on Pomelo season three so far? If you've uh, if you've been participating, there was actually a, a great article 
published um, recently about the new features that you can find in Pomelo Season 3. Um, so I'm going to share that link uh, in just a moment here. It's on our Medium blog. And uh, yeah, it shares about some of the great work that the tech team has been doing under the hood uh, for Pomelo. And uh, some of it uh, is, is very obvious in the UI and other, and other features are more subtle. But I invite you to uh, read that article and learn more. Leonidas, you've earned yourself a server mute, congrats. And um, uh, yeah, so uh, any thoughts on uh, Pomelo? Any, uh, any comments from the crowd? Get that lo-fi music going. Last chance for Pomelo comments. All right. So some feedback that I'm interested in hearing uh, in particular. I don't know if it's as... I, I, I see we do have Max here looking for, in particular from the Korean community, something new that we're doing this season. We are always sending all our, all our uh, alerts in multiple languages, Chinese, English, and uh, Korean in the preferred language. Something we're doing new this season is all of the marketing emails that we're sending out. We're also been translating into the, those three languages and sending those to based on your language preference. Um, and one of the things I noticed is that there are much less Korean um, in our, we have quite a few, like a, not a very large amount of people in our email list that are, have Korean as their preferred language. And I'm wondering if that's because we don't have a lot of Korean participation or Korean community members are browsing the website in English, so they're not getting their Korean language preference captured. Um, so especially from the Korean community, I'm interested in hearing any feedback on things like the quality of our translation, or is there any reason that, A, are you browsing Pomelo in Korean? And, and if not, why not? Max, I uh, un unmuted you, un server muted you. So if you want to jump on here and share some thoughts, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to hear it. Max Cho, of course, one of our very active Korean community members. I'm sure all of you have seen him around on the social networks. He's always very active, doing a good job, repping EOS uh, to the Korean community. But it doesn't sound like, uh, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, uh, UTC, 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 uh, 1 p.m. My host, uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow, uh, YouTube channel, or EOSCast, and EOSDAO, and TVIT Mark. It's a lot. So I think Max is trying to uh, share with us that he's going to be hosting the Korean pitch session tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UTC. Um, he's hosting it with uh, Chan, our um, our Korean uh, team member here on the on the EOS Nation uh, Asia team. But uh, um, yeah, Max, if you have uh, other um, comments or feedback or suggestions to share, uh, happy to hear. Uh, more what you think, um, and if not, um, we're going to hear from you tomorrow on the pitch session for Korea. Sapiens in the chat asks, how do you raise your hand? You don't raise your hand. This is pure chaos. You just unmute and you start talking. That's very, uh, 
very easy going like that on Discord. That's why this is great. That's why this far side is, you know, more casual, allows everyone to just, yeah, unmute yourself and jump into the conversation. And then if you're too crazy, I will server mute you. But it doesn't happen very often. So, yeah. Yeah. On the topic of Max, I just want to uh, give him a shout out. So him and I worked together to uh, get him uh, community manager uh, access, essentially, to a, a site called Zangle, which is, uh, from my understanding, it's kind of like a coin market cap type site, the most popular one uh, in Korea. And he and I essentially took over the ownership of the EOS page, and he's been adding uh, a, a ton of stuff to there uh, since then. Uh, like roadmap things, uh, updating the information. So another uh, win. So we've got Coin Market Cap, we've got Coin Gecko, and and now I could say that we've we've got Zangle. And, and thanks to Max Cho on that. Yeah. Great work, great work, Max Cho. Thanks for being such an active part of the community. All right, moving on to uh, the topic of the day, I guess. Um, so this week, the ENF, uh, just uh, yesterday, the ENF announced uh, their new CMO. And uh, so I'd like to uh, welcome Patty Fisher to the, to the new EOS. And uh, I think she's with us uh, today on Discord. So uh, Patty, if you want to jump on here, say hi to the community. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe it's your first time on Discord with the yeah, audio. Yeah. You gotta right <laughs> click the mic, unmute yourself, um, and then maybe play around with the mic settings. And you'll have to choose your correct mic. Everyone goes through this. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me now? There we go. Now there we good. go. <laughs> uh, hi everyone. Thank you, and I'm excited to be here and, and join uh, the team. Um, so. Uh, Yes, this is my first week, uh, and um, I have been working with the team for the last couple of months. And uh, as most of you know, I'm not um, a stranger to the EOS community. I've, I've uh, been working in the community and with the community for, for the last uh, uh, few years, actually, getting to know the projects. And so um, I'm really excited to relaunch uh, EOSIO. I know that um, getting our story and, and growing the community is going to be very critical. Uh, so really my role coming in is to help expand the great work that's already started with the, uh, you know, the team here on, on getting the coalition, the, the Mandel, the, all the technology in place, um, the people and the projects and, and getting, um, that kind of scaled up. And then, uh, very important to me is in developing and, uh, elevating, um, the brand and the work and our story around, uh, the globe. Uh, so, um, I've got a lot of, uh, of, uh, great work ahead of me and I'm looking forward to working with all of you, um, and, uh, would love to hear from you. So definitely, uh, you can reach me, um, on Telegram or, uh, on LinkedIn, um, with any ideas, what you'd like to see and, um, just glad to be here. All right. Well, we're glad to have you, and especially uh, happy for you to join us on the uh, on the fireside chat today. Um, so yeah. So if anyone uh, anyone has any uh, questions for 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 Patty, uh, 
like she just said, you can reach out, you can leave them in our voice chat, we'll get to them, uh, or you can just jump on uh, on audio chat if you want. So uh, I see that um, Yana shared uh, the tweet from Eve from yesterday announcing announcing Patty, so you can all check that out. There's a nice little thro- thread on, uh, you know, describing more about uh, Patty and, and her experience. Hey, it's Trip. Oh, Trimbot, welcome. To yeah, Trimbot. Hey, I have a question for uh, Patty. If Patty's still available for questions, um, in your words, Patty, what what is the best um, what is the best messaging around EOS? It's like, what is the story that needs to be told? How should it be told? What is the right narrative, and so on and so forth? Like, I'd love to hear um, what you think is the right things to be promoting with EOS, and where, like, what niche it fills, or what void it fills, and all those sort of things. That's a lot of questions, um, but that's part of um, what um, I'm here to uncover. I mean, uh, the reason why I joined the ENF and, and uh, the space Web3 is the innovation that's coming, um, that it's bringing to market, right, in terms of uh, the technology. So we do have um, a lot of unique uh, technology features that um, that I started to really explore uh, before and now uh, with a lot of uh, effort and in, in, with the community coming in and helping to elevate um, uh, and expand upon that. I think there's a technology story and how we're different there that needs to be told. Um, the, the second is around the community itself. It's community-led. Um, there are a lot of great thinkers um, and great projects that are here today and ones that we want to grow. Uh, and so, you know, how do we uh, together uh, make um, those, uh, elevate those projects and bring um, that innovation um, to life and, and solving real problems? And I think that um, there's a lot of uh, storytelling that can happen um, directly and indirectly there um, with what we will provide and enable. Uh, and then uh, really, um, uh, you know, for, from a brand development, um, I think this is one of the areas that um, it's going to be uh, most challenging because uh, we've lost, um, you know, some time here. So we have a lot of catch up with some of the other protocols that are better funded and have had the time to um, put themselves in, in place. So, uh, you know, I think uh, there are definitely some opportunities um, that have been identified by the team and, and also that will come from the community of, of areas where um, we need to, to go win and, uh, you know, making sure that we bring um, our, our, um, our value into that. So, um, I think the narrative is multi-layered um, around um, all of those of those areas, and and um, what you know the team's been working on uh, for the last uh, year or so um, is that I think they've tackled some some really um, big challenges in in bringing um, everyone together, and uh, you know, and and really, um, you know, how do we make it grow? How how do we have people believe uh, in what? Um, the technology can do, um, and specifically, um, you know, the EOS network, um, what it can provide and how we make it stronger. And, um, and so again, I think, um, that's a lot of questions that you asked and, uh, you know, I, it, it is about, um, 
some foundational things in place and then helping to scale globally. Um, I think uh, there's an opportunity for us to do that um, uh, as well um, and catch up there. Thanks, Patty. And if you don't mind, if I could ask you one more question on this, this sort of same uh, train of thoughts. Um, from my vantage point, EOS has a horrible stigma right now amongst people who are pretty well informed when it comes to crypto. But at the same time, it sort of seems like cryptos in 1994 in the internet era, where you know um, the vast majority of crypto users have not even been onboarded yet. They've never heard of EOS. They're unaware of this stigma. And so given that like sort of they're in this rapidly growing space, the people in this space largely have a lot of disdain towards EOS. But the vast majority of people who may end up one day interacting with a blockchain have never heard of EOS. So in your opinion, is it best to confront that stigma and communicate with people within the industry and try to remove that stigma or to instead try to focus on onboarding people from outside of the crypto sphere? I think we're going to have to do both, um, to be honest. I think that it's, it will have a parallel path. Uh, because we, we, uh, you know, the, the, the reputation is there and, and, uh, we have to, um, and, and I mean, you hear it from, from the other team members in the NF and the community. So I think, um, it's, it's something that's been, um, uh, addressed head on, uh, and we, we need to kind of do that and move on because there's so much, like you said, to look forward to, and that's where we need to spend the energy and getting, um, you know, having the technology prove itself in, 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 our, in the community uh, and what we can deliver. So uh, that that's behind us and that we really, the story is about where we're going and, and the opportunity there for, for building great things with, with great technology. Um, so uh, I don't know if I, you know, if it's direct, but I, I think we would, we need to do both in the short term as we, you know, continue to see the expansion of the market and the industry. Great. Thank you. Um, appreciate you answering those questions. And I know I put you on the spot pretty quickly there. Um, yeah, no worries. It was interesting to hear your thoughts from your perspective. Great. Thank you. Great question, Trimbot. And uh, yeah, great answers. Um, Zach, did you want to share a bit about uh, your experience recently? Yeah, I mean, uh, Patty and I have been working together for a couple of months now. So um, initially, um, through just like an advisory role. And then over time, as she kind of learned our story and what we were doing and how uh, we really need to scale up uh, the marketing and, and communications as we continue to go to market with EOS. I mean, we've been talking about the, the strategy with Zysan. We've got um, over 10 events over the next couple of months on the calendar throughout Europe and Dubai. And it, it's just, we need the infrastructure in place um, to do that. I, I, I've never done it before. Pat, Patty's been doing this for over 25 years at multiple uh, Fortune 100 companies. Um, it, it's It's been a great learning experience, um, seeing her bring her expertise. So for example, um, just with Zysan, um, so rather than just kind of um, figuring out like how we're going to go to market with Zysan, we're doing it in a way where we're essentially creating a framework uh, to do this, to the go-to-market strategy throughout Europe. And once we have this framework in place, it'll be all well-documented. 
uh, we would have the experience of doing it before. And then the plan is essentially to go global with it. So once we have a go-to-market strategy for Europe, it, it's uh, rinse and repeat. We go to market in South America, North America, Asia, um, Africa. So it, it's kind of like having this bigger vision for things than than I anyone else on our team had. So we, we had this underlying need for a CMO for a very long time. Even myself, since the very beginning, we we're kind of... Uh, passively headhunting for, for this per, this potential CT or CMO. And um, Patty had worked with uh, Ted Cahill before, our COO. And o- over time, um, we got to know Patty. Uh, she started as an advisor initially, and it, it became abundantly clear that we, we, we needed someone to fill this role. So we, we actively chased Patty. Uh, it, it took several months of convincing, I believe, uh, to get her to... Um, join our team and i'm just super excited to uh, be able to work with her and learn from her and uh, i i think that um the um results will, will start being seen definitely in the long term but also in the short to midterm i think uh with just going through the process of getting the strategy with zysan and for token 2049 um I, I think you'll start seeing the fruits of her labor very quickly um, I'm also excited about the opportunity to meet Patty in person after working with her for the last several months. <laughs> so, Next week. <laughs> yep. So I, I think this is, we've said this before, but uh, we'll be in Toronto next week for the, so we're having kind of like an executive uh, in-person uh, meetings uh, next week to really go over the high level strategy. So a lot of the questions that, that Trimbot asked to, to start this call off are all questions we're asking ourselves too. Uh, crafting the messaging architecture at the high level messaging and really being able to pick each other's brains on, on uh, the, these high level things, especially uh, Eve and, and Ted, because uh, we, we got to be all be in sync and we'll be at uh, ETH Toronto, we'll be at Blockchain Futurists as well as having our own um, internal meetings. Uh, I'll be there, Patty will be there, Eve will be there, Ted Cahill will be there. And I'm looking forward to meeting some other people in person there, too, while I'm on the topic is I know Chris Barnes will be there. Uh, uh, some of the US Nation guys will be there. I know Daniel Keyes uh, will be there. Some other Talos people will be there. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, be able to spend a lot of time with Patty next week. Also, when we're in Singapore, we'll be able to uh, spend some significant time together uh, with, with our, our, our Chinese partners as well, uh, our marketing partners there, uh, who also have a footprint in Singapore. So... I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I guess I'm just really looking forward to it. I guess um, it, it's hard for me to really verbalize um, the impact that, that she's already brought to the ENF and, and will continue to bring. And she's really just uh, starting to ramp up uh, her, her time with us. So um, good things ahead. Um, and I'm sure you guys will all be hearing from her regularly. Uh, I, 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 we talked about when, when she was joining the, like initially planning to join the ENF, um, we, we kind of talked about how, how, how we could kind of collaborate in the most effective way. And I have the heartbeat. I have the pulse of the EOS community. I'm, I'm, I've been with you guys from the start. I really understand uh, the sentiment. I understand the community. I understand everything there is uh, t- to know about this. And, and I have all of the contacts. Um, but where, where we needed support and help, I believe, is at the top of the funnel. So how do we get the next 1 billion people in, in, into this ecosystem? 
And I think that's where she's really going to shine um, because she's done it before. She, she's uh, been the marketing lead for multiple global brands, companies that, that do revenues uh, in the 800 plus million dollar a year uh, levels, uh, companies with over 15,000 people. So she, she's here to, to kind of scale our organization and scale uh, our, our, our footprint for EOS. And I'm just um, really looking forward to the next couple of months because uh, I really want all, all of you to kind of see the potential that I see. Wow, what an introduction. Thanks so much, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I, I'm also really good at uh, <laughs> leveling up people. But, but that, that's the thing is like, yeah. I, I like to surround myself by, by people smarter than me and make, make them shine because everyone... Uh, there's so many incredible people within this ecosystem that I've met over the years, and I am truly blessed to to be able to uh, do this for a living. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for joining us uh, today, and we hope to see you on uh, on some other fireside chats as well. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Um, checking out the chat here, we've got some interesting questions actually from uh, Jason Godev, who claim, who says that uh, he's a new he's new to EOS. He's a developer, and um, his first impression about EOS is, was he's confused about which website is the uh, uh, official one, etc. And um, that's a very relevant point you bring up, uh, Jason, and it's definitely an issue that uh, we're all aware of. Um, the confusion comes from the fact that Block One used to be the developer of the EOSIO software, uh, and then they kind of abandoned the software in the community, and then the community kicked them out last year, and now the community has taken over the role of uh, maintaining the software, maintaining the official websites, and all that stuff. So we're kind of still in that transition period where um, the EOS Network Foundation is now uh, the organization that is really taking charge for the growth and development of EOS. And they've been implementing a variety of initiatives uh, over the last almost one year now, or maybe, yeah, about one year. And and so that's why there's um, maybe the EOSIO website that feels un unupdated for a few years. Uh, but if you go to eosnetwork.com, that's probably your best source of information for what's ongoing and current in the EOS community right now. Um, the official support website, if you have any questions about uh, how do you uh, create an account, download a wallet, uh, a transaction fail, what happened, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and for anyone listening, you go to eossupport.io and then there's a team 24-7 online ready to help you. And the reason why actually this website is not, part, they're not both the same website is because eossupport.io is, is an independent team that has emerged from the community uh, and has been funded actually by many of the funding initiatives available now to project that the, e that the EOS Network Foundation has established over the last year. And so eossupport.io is actually one of these projects um, that has gotten funded by the community on various levels in various ways in order to provide great support, which they do. Um, if you're interested in learning more about EOS support, you can check out last week's Fireside. We had Bishop from EOS support that came on that described a lot what they do and their progress. And we actually had him on the Twitter Spaces Pomelo Pitch Session today, uh, which you can find um, on Twitter at Pomelo Grants. 
So understandable why while it's a bit why it's a bit confusing and we're definitely working uh, on that issue to make sure everything's as clear as possible for the newcomers. Uh, but it's great of you to join us. We're of course happy uh, with newcomers and especially thanks for joining us today uh, on the fireside. Hope to see you again um, on future shows. New Legend says it's a long story. Yes, it is a long story. Um, I tried to give the little two-minute update right here, but uh, yeah, this, it's definitely been a, a, a long journey to get uh, the EOS network to where it is today and um, to be super excited about where the EOS, the new EOS network is going uh, tomorrow. All right, um, moving on to uh, our next topic of the day. Um, I'd like to hear about how the first Fractal Fiction event went. Me too. Like, yes. Like invite uh, <laughs> Lars on stage to share uh, about that experience. Hey, what's up? Hey, Lars. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Um, well, it was awesome. It was like, uh, it was sort of something that Lovejoy and I discussed. I mean, right around the time, like early days of like Eden being created was like, uh, the, the interesting thing with like the premise of Eden was that it didn't have to, it wasn't blockchain specific. It, it was something that could kind of be applied in the real world. Um, I kind of got a little close to that early on. We had an opportunity to talk to uh, me, me, Lovejoy and, uh, our friend Mark Bailey had a chance to speak with, um, the city council about everything that was going on with, uh, you know, the Minneapolis police department. And that was sort of the first example where we were able to kind of advocate for an Eden style um, solution to some of the problems that we've been having with like state and local governance. Um, but it kind of didn't go, didn't really go anywhere because of political reasons, but we always kept talking about the possibility of like applying this to something more creative uh, that didn't necessarily have to be on chain. And uh, one of the topics that came up was the possibility of doing like creative writing, like fiction. And, um, you know, it kind of just stayed there in my head for a while. And it got to a point where, um, you know, once I started, uh, once uh, Immutable Realms, the EOS, like arts and cultures, you know, I'm working on, uh, thanks to like Pomelo and the ENF grant and the community to fund it. Um, it just seemed like that was a natural place to try to, um, work like a fractal fiction uh, story into the the zine. We thought that would be really cool, and um, you know, so yeah, it happened this uh, Sunday, I think. Um, and a huge thank you to everyone that was able to make it because it was kind of a short uh, notice. We we did it on about five days notice to the people that were able to sign up. We got about twenty three signups, and I think fourteen people did actually make it. Um, one of the really interesting things uh, was that it was a diverse mix of uh, kind of like Eden type people and uh, then just some creatives. So you had a group of people that kind of in some ways, one group didn't know a whole lot about creative writing and the other group didn't know a whole lot about governance or blockchain or anything. So, um, you know, uh, we, we sort of broke everyone up into random groups. We, we had a uh, sort of purpose built uh, process of how fractal fiction would work. Um, there's certain, you know, specifics, nuance type stuff like in Eden, you know, and, and some, well, at least one of the variations of Eden, I know fractally kind of has it's uh, another version happening, but, um, there are groups that can fail that don't reach consensus. And obviously with a story, 
copy. Um, you can't really do that if, if you move on to the next round with no characters. So uh, we had to purpose build that. Um, I, I have to give a lot of credit to Lovejoy for helping with some of the heavy lifting on like the specifics about um, how those kind of things would move forward. Um, but it went great. Uh, everybody had a pillar of a story, like, um, setting, um, setting plot characters, you know, style, things like that and a conflict. And then, um, everyone broke into small groups and talked about it, came to an agreement and a consensus, moved on to the next round, which is where we elected, um, each group had to basically, before they moved on to the second round, had to elect uh, kind of a representative of the group. And um, those responsibilities were going to be broken up into um, the second round had to choose a writer, a editor, and an advisor. And um, it was neat. We had the whole thing recorded. Um, we're we're going to kind of like release like a greatest hits sort of uh, clip, maybe like a minute or so of just like some of the moments where epiphanies were reached with characters and things like that. But, um, you know, and one of the, the coolest things was we had a few women in the group and, um, both, uh, Farah and, um, Sophia moved on to the final rounds. So there was a lot of, uh, female representation in the final, uh, sort of, um, uh, I guess you'd say the, the, the spirit of what this story is going to be. And that was great because I mean, that's, that's obviously something that you know, it is sort of a um, trope, I guess, of blockchain is there's not enough women in blockchain. And uh, we we had that representation in the first Fractal Fiction. And then uh, the two women in that group ended up going on to, you know, take on the leadership responsibilities of the uh, the whole first story. And that's being written as we speak by Sophia. She was elected as the writer. And then um, uh, we we had a uh, advisor, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment, but, um, and then, uh, Farah was elected as the advisor and they're, they're in the process of writing now. So that's great. How many, uh, people made it to the final or, uh, you know, elected with some roles? Um, you, for the total, like the, the total amount of people that participated or the final three roles. Okay. It's final three roles. Yeah. No, that's what I was. Wondering. Yeah. Yeah. How many roles? Yep. Final? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was more or less like the equivalency of like a chief delegate, but we we managed we did it in a like I said we had to purpose build this process a little bit different than Eden, um, and we did want for some kind of like oversight for the uh, now great now the, the actual person that was uh, elected to be the writer, um, you know it's it's a way of basically saying that this person um, the entire group structure um, endorses their cape their ability to write. Um, their kind of worldview and then also their ability to get it done on time. And um, so there is like this overall endorsement, but we thought it'd be a good idea if that person needed to lean on someone else for some help or if they hit writer's block or something like that. And then the editor role was something of an oversight type position. Makes sense. Um, for those of you who are uh, regular listeners to the fireside chat, you may be, uh, you might've noticed that I said that I would sign up for this, but, uh, and I did, but I was one of those people that couldn't make it at the time, uh, this weekend, which was too bad. Uh, but, uh, thank you for, for this great re recap, Lars. Um, uh, Lovejoy, did you want to jump in here and share a bit about your experience? You were also part of this uh, event on Sunday. Are we catching Lovejoy off guard? Struggling with Discord mics, number two of the session. 
Nope, not coming in, Brandon. How about now? There we go. There you are. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, it was a great experience. I mean, I, I just moderated, so I wasn't really participating in the process. So I kind of got this interesting bird's eye view of the whole thing. Um, really, for me, it just it was fun to kind of set the parameters um, and help work with Lars to figure out how this was going to work and then to see you know, it play out was just so rewarding. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just to echo Lars's sentiment. I mean, I, it was a little weird like, I didn't expect it to work out so well. It was a little uncanny, I guess, in how easily the different, you know, the setting and the theme and the characters and the plot all kind of merged together from these different groups that really had no awareness of each other. Um, so I'm curious to see it happen again and if we'll have as easy of a time, um, or, or not. Um, and yeah, the group size is kind of interesting too, because it lends itself more towards a smaller group than like a full election. Um, because they're just some natural pairings, like say character drives plot in, in many ways. So we put character and plot together. Um, and it would be weird if you just had character and plot and conflict being like separate groups. So we kind of ended up, um, with pretty much three groups as like maybe the, maybe the ideal, but we can play around with it some more. And, um, yeah. And then other than this, I just think there's some other interesting applications for, the process besides fiction, which we might look at like proposal writing or, you know, write your uh, community manifesto or what have you. So there's a lot of interesting uh, ways that this could be used, I think, to bubble up different ideas from the crowd and have it then distilled by perhaps the most um, articulate and competent um, writers um, and story crafters in the group. Yeah, really interesting, lots of potential. Awesome. Sounds, uh, yeah, sounds like a great success. Looking forward, uh, looking forward to seeing that, uh, that story come to life. We got a preview of, uh, the samurai that has a big beard. Coincidentally, uh, Yana Schiffer here in the voice chat shared uh, a link, uh, to Lars's tweet about that. So you can go check that out. If you want a first glimpse into, uh, some of the art that's being created for this sign, very exciting stuff. Assets. Hello. Hello. Yeah, uh, this marks there. I have a quick qu question about that um, that fiction writing process. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of times, uh, introverts are not bubbled up in in various different kinds of meetings and stuff i wonder if um there's any comment about that you know the extrovert introvert um uh, concept um yeah that's a really interesting uh question you brought up um so uh i, I tend to I, I tend to be kind of that 
like per, I'm from like uh, right outside of Philadelphia, and um, over the years I've sort of been um, gently reminded that sometimes I can be like kind of strong in like a group like that, like sort of. I don't know. And I don't know. There might have been a little bit of that that was hung up in the fact that like I was also involved in like organizing this whole thing. So when groups, at least in my group, uh, I was in the character and plot group, got kind of quiet. Um, I felt like an obligation to uh, speak up and like kind of um, you know, suggest things and keep the conversation moving. And, um, you know, and, and I'm I, I think that that was one thing afterwards I was sort of imagining is like, um there are just different types of personalities. And if like fractal fiction was to scale in the same way that Eden could scale, like up to like thousands of people. Uh, yeah, that would, that would be a, a situation, you know, cause you're taking many, many different personality types and, and putting them, smashing them together in rooms. I'm, it, it's a little bit of a different experience than it would be with like a normal election where you're basically trying to allocate funds for projects. Um, because I mean, writing and creativity and stuff is such a more personal thing. Like, I think some people are probably um, timid or reserved about sharing their ideas. So I don't know. I, in some ways, I think that's one of the beautiful things about any kind of fractal democracy is just that it can, it is sort of a messy process. You know, there are going to be, you know, lots of different types of people with lots of different types of ideas. And it's kind of going to have to um, push maybe some people out of some comfort zones, because if you have a personality like mine, that's sort of like, um, kind of, uh, out front and like kind of talking about ideas. I mean, it may have to, if, if someone really in a group for fractal fiction decides like, well, that's not really the direction I want to go. Um, I guess the hope is that they would, they would speak up and challenge it in, in a way that like would kind of, um, try to get a group of people to reach a consensus on like maybe a different path or a different direction. Yeah. I would just add that I think there's a lot of room for in processes like this, fractal fiction and Eden also, and I've seen this a lot in Eden, just for people to kind of step up and help moderate the discussion so that they create space and create opportunities for um, people that may not normally feel comfortable sharing in a group like that um, to just make sure that there's a moment for them because, you know, people don't always feel like they can just jump in when someone else is really fired up about something. So adding a little structure or teaching people how to bring that kind of conversational awareness and structure to all of these um, different processes, I think, is hugely valuable. It's kind of hard to mandate it or make it like a definitive aspect of the process without kind of bludgeoning everybody with some sort of heavy structure, but I think baking it into the culture so that people um, learn to be more aware of creating space for each other is hugely important. Um, I actually can mention one other thing from the, the process um, that, well, at least the, pro the first process. I mean, we considered this basically the alpha of this whole thing. Um, it was like our MVP, but uh, there was a moment when um when when we were trying to come up with characters that i just like ran off to like open ai to start generating character names like you know cuz uh, one of the characters it was leaning in a direction that was going to have a japanese background and um we're 
we, we, I just started generating Japanese names. <laughs> like Lovejoy as like the moderator kind of overseeing like some of the rooms just was like, no AI. And <laughs> it, it was funny because like, it was not something we discussed previously, you know, but in the moment, like I was just using one of the many tools that I would use to, you know, I, I, I've done quite a bit of creative writing myself and I wrote a novel in 2020 and stuff. And when I would get stuck, I would go to like AI type solutions to get names or at least generators. And um, that was just one of those funny moments where uh, like Lovejoy just mentioned, it's like, there's this balancing act you have to do between some degree of process and consensus agreement on how we reach, you know, characters and settings and things like that. But on the other hand, not locking people into a very rigid sort of thing where it kind of extinguish, extinguishes all the potential creativity of a story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on the AI point, like I, I wasn't trying to be a uh, super hard nosed about actual no AI, but I do think that there is value in kind of, um, I mean, one thing we talked about with this process is like, it can kind of be the antidote to a lot of this AI stuff in that it can help humans leverage their own imaginative, you know, um, capacities across groups instead of, you know, instead of using supercomputers to, uh, you know, feed all this uh, information into these, you know, pretty awesome outcomes that AI is coming up with between the image generation and the word, the wordplay stuff. But, but it's kind of interesting way to throw humans together. And then uh, it's like an algorithm for humans, you know, to, to, to co-generate their own um, novel outcomes. um, And, I think when we lean on AI too much, we, we lose, you know, like a bit of that capacity in us for like sitting and turning over names, you know, in our head, kind of like that capacity atrophies a little bit, but I'm not anti-AI. I just think it needs its own place and yeah. All right, moving on to our next topic, uh, the Mandel Upgrade Guide. So, of course, the Mandel 3.1 upgrade is coming, and the EOS Network uh, Foundation has released a guide uh, to help uh, everyone who's impacted by this upgrade, um, you know, make sense of it, and so they know what's coming and to be prepared for it. Um, does anyone um, with a technical background maybe want to give a little overview of, of, about this guide and who it's most uh, relevant for? I'm looking at you, Areg, as I always do these days now with any, when anything technical comes up. <laughs> sure. Um, just unmuting. Can you hear me? Yeah. Thanks for okay, joining. Great. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, we um, put out this guide for the Mandel 3.1 upgrade. Um, there's, as far as um, who this is for, it's basically for anyone running a um, 
the node process, Nodios, um, in the ES network because um, the 3.1 um, release includes consensus upgrades. And when those are upgraded, um, any node that has not, any node in the network that is not upgraded to 3.1 will be, uh, will, will stop following the network. Their nodes will stop. So basically anyone operating a node uh, needs to be aware of this and, and should look at the guide to prepare for that upgrade. Um, so we, we currently, we have released 3.1.0 RC2. We are very close to releasing 3.1.0. Uh, and, and with that, people can actually start upgrading. Um, obviously, people, obviously, others, uh, a select group has upgraded to RC2 and has tested. But um, understandably, it's a small group that's trying to help with the development process. Um, but when we have the uh, stable release, that kind of opens it up to everyone to start the their own upgrade process. So as far as how upgrades actually work, well, uh, this is a a bigger change. Um, we're, we're 3.1 is based on uh, EOSIO 2.0, and there are a lot of uh, significant changes there, including um, um, some plugins that have been uh, that were previously deprecated for a long time that have finally been removed. Um, there's uh, state changes, which requires a snapshot to be used to upgrade um, the uh, state file, basically. And um, there's a further complication as well if, uh, because of the fact that we're kind of moving away from Block One's uh, version of ESIO, there's a further complication for anyone who's been operating uh, an ESIO 2.1 node. So uh, as I said, uh, Mandel 3.1 is based on 2.0. So it's a lot more straightforward if you're, if you're running 2.0 and you just want to upgrade to 3.1. Uh, as I said, you will need a snapshot, but other than that, you're Block logs and ship logs will uh, work just fine. No complications there. If you are running EOSI 2.1, or or actually have even run EOSI 2.1 at all uh, on your data files, assuming you're not willing to just throw them all away, there are additional complications, and and the guide kind of goes over it. So I will not go over it here, but uh, make sure to read through that carefully because you will not just be able to. Uh, upgrade in a straightforward way from 2.1 to 3.1. Uh, yeah, and the guide was shared. Great. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. I can answer any other questions, but I think the guide goes through it pretty well. All right. Thanks for jumping on and uh, giving uh, a nice overview for that. All right, uh, Zach, final topic of the day here. Do we want to talk some hackathon stuff? Um, so last I heard is Chris Barnes on the call. Mm, don't see him. Yeah, so I believe uh, with the Ideathon, which is the uh, Helios-led uh, uh, initiative that Chris Barnes has been kind of spearheading uh, with DNF, uh, that's continuing as planned. So I think there's, if they haven't done it already, they're closing their contract with uh, DevPost soon. So they'll start working on the um, the front end for that, for registrations and things like that. And then it'll start in a couple of weeks. Um, but throughout the process, um, it came up that the Trust EVM team also wanted to do a hackathon. So we connected, or I, I connected the EVM team with uh, Chris 
uh, to see how we could potentially collaborate on these efforts to kind of synergize and amplify. So uh, one of the issues with dev posts is they require a, a certain amount of lead time. So, and it's mandatory. So even after um, signing the contract, which if it didn't happen today or yesterday, then it will happen this week. There's there's like a four to five week lead time before you could actually start your hackathon. It's just like an onboarding process. And that timeline didn't really align uh, with the Trust EVM launch. So the, the end result of it, and we're, we're still finalizing the details, is that uh, the Trust EVM team, they will be announcing um, a separate hackathon using um, a, a, like a hackathon platform called Dora Hacks. Uh, it's really popular with a lot of other projects. Um, and they will be kicking off their hackathon actually within the next week or two. And that'll be kind of like a, a different uh, type of hackathon. So what theirs will have is the, the requ- there's multiple, there's three different tiers, um, which they'll probably publish something that explains this better than I can, but they'll have three different tiers for like a level of quality. And there, there's a flat rate prize uh, pool of, of, of grants. Uh, that go along with each tier depending on the, the level of quality and they're specifically focusing on GameFi and the minimum requirements um, will require deploying on the EVM testnet which is on Jungle 4 right now and half of the uh, prize will be paid up front and then half of the prize will be paid upon deploying to the uh, Trust EVM mainnet uh, come late September early October. So they'll release uh, details on that. So I guess this is kind of like the announcement of the announcement. They're, they, I haven't seen a blog post or anything yet, but I did see timelines, and they're quite aggressive. So this will be probably announced within the next week or two by them. I also saw, since we had our call this morning, Steph, uh, they, they published a blog article today that outlined a lot of details about the Trust EVM. I haven't really had time to um, digest it myself yet. I've been pretty busy today. Uh, but they did release uh, some more information on their their infrastructure and and the EVM token and it, its utility and, and a lot of different things. Uh, but like I said, I haven't digested it yet to be able to speak on it. Um, but the hackathon will be announced within the next week or two. And then set, uh, on top of uh, the Dora hacks, which will start really soon, and if you're able to deploy your app on um, the, the Trust EVM testnet, you should qualify for some level of grant if you have an EVM-based project. Um, the other piece is um, as part of the ideathon that Helios has been spearheading. Um, the Trust EVM team is going to create um, a, a second track. So initially, the idea was that with an ideathon, there's not necessarily code requirements. So um, it's more or less pitching a concept. Uh, you get bonus points if you have code, but it's not a requirement. So it's pretty. In in that sense, it could be blockchain agnostic because. You're not actually developing EOSIO code or EVM code or any code at all. Um, so where the, the Trust EVM track will come in is it'll be um, a, a, a separate prize pool, but within the same uh, hackathon that, that we've already planned. And uh, tentatively, so it, it, it's at least a, a $50,000 additional prize pool. And that's on top of the 75 k that's already been announced uh, for, for the um, other half. And the requirements for the Trust EVM track will require actual code to be developed and deployed uh, on, onto at least a testnet or a local environment uh, for the ideathon. So I guess you can consider this like the pre-announcement of that. 
but lots lots of hackathons coming up. So if you're a Solidity developer, there will be two opportunities to win some prize pools uh, for deploying to Trust EVM or building an EVM-based project. And then the other one will be the uh, ideathon that's already um, been, I guess, soft softly announced also. But the um, the ideathon won't actually be for at least another month. Uh, whereas the the Trust EVM hackathon for the Dora hacks should be launching within the next uh, week or two. So that's the update. For for applications of that are already running, what can we look forward to with the release of Trust EVM? Uh, what what you know? Is there new cap capabilities this would be able to give uh, already running apps? Uh, like maybe like put the Trust EVM inside the app or or vice versa or like. What uh, what ben new benefits or features uh, do you anticipate, or or uh, does Trust EVM could potentially help for current current uh, applications? Um, if if you're on native EOS or EOSIO, nothing really. It brings uh, potential users. Uh, so with with more DApps being deployed, uh, the, the kind of one of the superpowers of um, the Ethereum community is the number of open source code that already exists. It's pre already audited, already battle tested. Uh, the libraries and tooling around building applications, and uh, because of kind of like the open source culture, uh, there's a lot of um, building on top of the shoulders, building on top of the shoulders of giants, so to speak. Where um, that's why you see a lot of the clones and forks and, and uh, DeFi Legos is because most of the code is open source, which means you could rapidly deploy it. So what I anticipate that we'll see is when the EVM launches, we'll see a lot of new dApps uh, deploying on the Trust EVM, uh, specifically uh, with a focus on, on GameFi uh, with, with the Web2 speed for Web3 uh, using your Solidity-based code that already may already exist. Um, so that'll be probably the the biggest uh impact on an eos dap but as far as functionality uh nothing really i mean they're two separate runtimes so unless you plan to build different functionality using a different uh evm based runtime i don't really see um much like new functionality that you get out of it it's really the the people and and growing the community because the the community has uh, kind of stagnated over the last few years. So to really get that that jolt of, of a new community will be big. And also, um, we'll be announcing the, the timelines and dates for Yield Plus very soon, already drafting the announcement. So hopefully we'll get that out next week, early next week, hopefully. Um, and that'll be another catalyst for onboarding more applications onto native EOS and uh, eventually uh, EVM when that rolls out. So it's really about growing the ecosystem, growing the community, getting more active wallets. Um, and then as, as I know you asked about EOS dApps, but like EOS token holders, it, it, it'll be generating transactional throughput. So every time a transaction happens on the EVM, you're, you're getting the, the transactions actually happening on, on the EOS base layer. So as far as like staking to Rex and, and being part of the, um, the power up and getting the, the resource dividends, like that will ideally amplify also. So if you're getting millions of transactions daily, hopefully tens of millions uh, on the EVM, you're getting tens of millions of new transactions on EOS also. 
uh, which leads to uh, more resources being consumed and things like that. So that's another thing to kind of look forward to on that. I'd like to make oh, a cool. suggestion awesome. for the Trust EVM uh, hackathon is uh, have a prize pool for any uh, U.S. group that wants to take some of the winning entries and do it natively in EOS and compare the performance. No. I don't. So you're saying to take a, I mean, there's plenty of examples of that. I mean, look, look at swaps, for example. Swaps originated on Ethereum, like Bancor is the first AMM, then there's Uniswap, now there's SushiSwap. And on, on EOS, we, we have DeFi Box, for example. We have uh, DFS, we have uh, Diamond. Uh, so is that what you mean? Is kind of deploying a, a similar application? Because it wouldn't be a perfect port we've also seen i know it's like a dead project after it's it's bridge exploit but there was e-curve also which was a replica of curve on 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 uh, ethereum so i'm just not sure like what specifically well just like, like let's go back to um you know the hackathon that you and i attended where um the the git the git thing won right so and let's say that was done on the EVM, you know, Ethereum EVM on uh, Trust EVM. Well, another team could take that same thing that they've deployed and proven it works on the EVM and do it natively on EOS and uh, show the performance side by side. It'd just be fun, basically, I think, to uh, see how it looks natively versus, EV, you know, on the EVM. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in theory, it, it sounds great. I agree with you. It'd be great to have those benchmarks also. So being able to compare apples to apples, kind of apples to apples benchmark comparisons. But the problem is um, time is everyone's kind of like number one uh, finite resource. And having the actual people to be able to do that who are both knowledgeable in Solidity and knowledgeable in EOSIO, uh, those people are very hard to find. And a, a lot of times they would uh, command uh, quite hefty salaries. So their, their time is also valuable. So it's, it's kind of like for the, the amount of a grant that we could offer, that would be a reasonable amount of money for something like that is probably not enough for someone to actually do that. Um, but if you want to uh, ping me in like a direct message or something, kind of explain it in more detail, I might have a better answer. Uh, I also want to go back. I, whenever I was talking about E-Curve, there was no bridge exploit. It was actually E-Curve itself that was exploited, not the bridge. Uh, the bridge is good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying. Uh, we do have certain benchmarks planned, uh, especially on, on the EVM side of uh, comparing more. It, it's easier to compare benchmarks between EVM to EVM. So um, for example, a swap pool, how, how many swaps per second can you do on Matic? as compared to how many swaps per second you could do on the trust EVM using the exact same code base, because it's, it, you just de deploy a new contract on a different chain. Like that, that's an easy comparison. It doesn't really take a lot of manpower to do that, but to completely rewrite um, another piece of software, like just for example, like going back to the E-curve example. So E-curve on EOS was, it was 
a hundred percent a clone of Curve. So Rahman and, and his team at Blockstart, they they basically ported the entire code set of uh, the, the the Curve protocol on Ethereum to EOS. So something like that does exist. Um, so I'm just not sure what, what the the benefit would be of building something something new like that. So potentially the deliverable here could be running metrics of curve against e curve uh, just because they already exist. But I'm just not I'm not even sure who I'd even ask to do that or or who would have the skill set to do something like that because. I know Rahman's uh, kind of moved on and is working on other things now, and E-Curve's kind of, like I said, it kind of isn't uh, being maintained right now or anything. Thanks, I get it. Um, so <clears throat> probably the Trust EVM um, hackathon is more about taking existing solutions on Ethereum and putting them into the Trust EVM, sounds like, maybe. But my, my idea is just crazy. Yeah, so it's really, think, think about... Uh, the blockchain ecosystem as it stands today, ninety um, percent of it is EVM still. Like, like even though you get more scalability, more throughput w- with native EOS IO, you also get it w- with Solana and some uh, other technologies too. But it, it's it's really for years now we we've been banging our drum on EOS being the most scalable blockchain. And it still is, but it, it's not all about scalability it's about access it's about ease of use it's it's about the cost to deploy and the 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 cost even launch a project and it's significantly lower um on the evm so that's kind of the target demographic is how do we tap into that 90 percent of the market share that eos wasn't able to tap into previously and now we'll be able to tap into that and going back to earlier when we were talking about like the the go to market strategy with with all of the these boots on the grounds at the at the conferences and things like that the 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 first demographic is your web3 demographic and especially your your EVM dev demographic people that already have uh capital and resources and engineering talent deployed on EVM based projects um that's like the 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 first low hanging fruit to bring them into the EOS ecosystem but then beyond that uh, we we move on to the next one billion people because blockchain as a whole right now globally is just a, a minuscule percentage of the total population. But the if we're going after the low hanging fruit, the low hanging fruit is solidity developers and and uh, developer teams and studios that are already familiar with uh, that code base and that tooling and those libraries, bringing them over to EOS, giving them the first taste of that scalability through the Trust EVM. And then dipping, uh, hopefully, the, the the path is hopefully they could eventually dip their toes in, into the scalability layer, which is basically EOS native. So it's kind of like a funnel if you think of it like that. How do we introduce native EOS to Solidity developers? Well, first, let's bring them to EOS and allow them to use everything that they're currently familiar with. And then from there, they're already in the EOS ecosystem. So then we, we bring them further down into the funnel. Uh, in, into learning more about the capabilities and, and um, potential for, for native EOS. But I, I think to kind of force them straight to native EOS right off the bat is is uh, a very tall task. It, it's kind of like you got to bring them through the funnel and, and the first step of the funnel will be the trust EVM.
But um, Mark, you, you brought up a little Easter egg here. I don't, I don't know if we've ever said it. Mark, Mark, Mark was one of my teammates at the EOS Hackathon in San Francisco. I, I, I didn't even know that was you talking until I looked at who, whose name was highlighted. But um, ho hopefully next year we'll, we'll be in a better position to do um, a big in-person event. So that's also something on the radar is um, uh, plan, plan. So in, initial planning phases for that, then determining the date and location. I'm not sure if there will be a uh, hackathon necessarily. It's definitely on the table. Um, but definitely that's something that everyone should be looking forward to. At some point in 2023, we will have... Um, I guess it'd be the third EOS community conference. So the first one was in Korea. The second one was in Rio uh, in 2019. And there hasn't been one since. But I, I can pretty much guarantee that there will be one in 2023. And I will, you know, I'll share details as soon as I, I can. But I, I, I just, I'm, I'm excited for next week because it'll be my first crypto conference in Toronto in, in a couple of years. But what I'm really looking forward to is having that opportunity to uh, meet everyone in person from the EOS community and, and really build those relationships and deepen the relationships that we already have from, from being friends virtually for so long. And you just reminded me of that by bringing up uh, the last, one of the last EOS hackathons in person. I'm really, really looking those, forward to those hack Those hackathons were freaking awesome. And it was mm -hmm. one of the top few things that B1 did well. And, uh, it was uh, great to be part of your team and stuff like that. So it's, it's really good. If anyone wants to jump in here, say hi to the community, ask a question for someone, share an update on their project, now's the time to do it. I'll jump in. Um, we were just talking about the Toronto meetup. I'm going to be up there Monday evening, and I think I'm going to try to make a group meeting somewhere. like. Um, Amsterdam Brewery seems like I a would, fun place. That's a good spot. I would also love to meet up. I'll be there. Great. So let's say about eight o'clock. Eight o'clock? Did you say Monday? Yeah. Count me in. Excellent. Oh wait, no, Monday. Damn, I'm going to see a concert on Monday. Oh, okay. Well, we can I'm going do to Tuesday. see Elvis, Elvis Costello. Oh, fantastic. Sunday in Toronto. But, yeah, maybe after or before or Tuesday. But you guys Daniel, don't. Do let me hold you back. Do you still have That's your uh, meetup group in Toronto? Y'all's meetup group? I do, yeah. I should actually make a, create a meetup out of it. So, I, yeah, I, I, um, I control the EOS Toronto meetup group. Um, so if we do pick a time and a place, I can advertise it on the meetup group and maybe we make a pub night out of it. That's a good idea, maybe, Seth. Maybe on awesome. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think some of the ENF people are maybe leaving Tuesday afternoon. So I, I think we'll, we could talk offline. I, if 
we'll see what works best for everyone else. I, I think Ted's leaving Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but it's Monday. I'll be I'll be there. I'm in. Really it doesn't long. it doesn't matter because I'm in. Patty's probably in. Uh, Eve might be in. I got I gotta check his schedule. But yeah, I would love to have a little shindig somewhere. I'm in. Chris Barnes says he's in too, wherever he's at. Who else? Who else? Who else is going to be there? I know uh, some of the other. Ta- I think a couple other Taylor's people will be there. I think they have a booth. Anyone else? Even if you're not on the call, Daniel, like you. There's uh, at least one other t- member of our team. Uh, Jay will be at the at the conference. Um, we've got some other folks in the area. Maybe we can invite as well. See if see if they're around. Um, so yeah. So Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday evening, we can chat offline. We work out the uh, the nitty gritty details and I'll so post an event. Tuesday evening, there's actually um, a, a conference networking event. So that that was right. kind of already on my calendar. The um, happy hour, or whatever, from the conference. So maybe we could move on from there to somewhere else uh and then i think the yeah because wednesday is the closing party uh in the evening tuesday they did have a happy hour on the calendar though run it monday it's going to be a fantastic event it'll run late and then daniel will join after his concert there you go solved that's an option the concerts don't go that late you guys are uh, late nighters Uh, i'll be i'll be out by 11 walking distance probably from uh so yeah we'll figure something out Hey everyone, do you mind if I jump in? Not at all. We love when people jump in. Welcome, introduce Great. yourself. Great, thank you. Well, I'm Plinio. Uh, I'm new to this community, kind of. Uh, it's, this is my first time in the fireside chat, which is amazing. Actually, uh, very interesting topics you touched here. Uh, well, I'm based in France, and, and I've just founded a company called EO2. Uh, probably you have seen it already on Pomelo. I don't know if you want me to introduce my company or not. Yeah, take a, take a few minutes here for uh, introduce yourself and, and the company and maybe quickly uh, your pitch on Pomelo. Sure, why not? Thank you. Well, uh, EO2 is, is a company based in France that its main goal is to make the, the European emission trading system accessible to everyone. Uh, it's currently, uh, there are a lot of barriers uh, to entry this market and it's limited only to covered companies and multi, big multinationals. So what we're planning to do is to open this market to everyone so, so you can have uh, allowances or carbon credit uh, free of fraud, and of course, my cho- my I, I choose EOS to build this up because uh, the low energy consumption, which I think is one of the greatest point about EOS, and I believe it's not being uh, exploded uh, a lot, you know. Uh, well, uh, EO2, I, I believe it will be, it has the potential to become one of the first gigacorn. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with that term, but it means that it's a company that 
has the potential to reduce one gigatons of CO2 a year, uh, which make it uh, really valuable in this climate change. I don't know if anyone has a question. Um, how, uh, sure, I'll ask a question. Uh, how are you uh, leveraging the EOS network to build this product exactly? Well, we we deploy our smart contract uh, that is available now in Jungle 3. Uh, it's based on the US token protocol. Uh, we added some uh, actions that uh, replicate our business logic in the smart contract. And well, we have our front end published already and we are testing it at eo2.org in case someone wants to try it and give me feedback, that will be amazing. Okay, cool. Thanks uh, Thanks for sharing. Is is the name EO2, was that chosen before or after choosing EOS to deploy on it? <laughs> Good question. Actually, it was just before. Uh, and and EO2 stands for, uh, I mean, electronics oxygen which is the solution for the excess of carbon emissions. Very cool. Seems like you were destined to build on EOS with a name that looks like that. That's great to hear. Yeah, that's true. And actually, I'm really happy to join this community. I have received a lot of support. I have to say it was not an easy onboarding, but uh, with the support of everyone, I managed to build something cool. Awesome. Um, have you applied for the pitch session for next week? No, I haven't. As, as someone mentioned before, I'm a kind of uh, introvert uh, person. So uh, having me speaking here is is just a huge huge thing, you know. <laughs> well, you did you did a fantastic job, and we we're basically inviting you to do the same two minute spe speech that you did right here um, on the Twitter Spaces next week uh, for the for the pitch session. Each project is going to get two minutes to share uh, their project, and um, I think it's going to be a good show. So I think you should uh, you should apply. I'll um, I'll send you the uh, the link, the form link to apply by private message here. That's amazing. Thank you. I will apply. I will do my best. It's really fun, and it's you know it's uh, it's low stakes, and it's not it's not a stressful thing. It's very very easygoing. And, uh, you know, just basically uh, repeat what you said today. And that, that's kind of what we're looking for. But uh, okay, thanks. Great. Thanks for joining the community and thanks for joining the Fireside. Love having some newcomers uh, on the Fireside chat. That's great. And and for sharing your your, your experience uh, with EOS. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. 4.30. We got uh, another 30 minutes left. Um, again, if anyone else wants to jump in, uh, share some updates, ask a question, or just say hi, uh, I invite you to do so. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hi. Guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. The new my legend name has joined us. Welcome. Uh, my name is Gion, actually, and I am you know, jumping in to tell something about the EO2 project. So I have been... Testing, uh, testing the uh, site out, and also the concept is, it's really good. So, uh, like he said, uh, he's having trouble people coming over and checking the uh, website and all. So I 
uh, kind of inviting you all to check it out so there's a telegram group there's a <laughs> there's a only a little activity there so if you could, if anyone wants to you know know more about this project so i would invite everyone to join that group you know it's uh, i you know what i find interesting about this project is it has you know a lot of real world implications so the it is eos side or the uh, the blockchain side it's for the transactions and stuff and there's a lot going on in the real world so and it it does uh, contribute to the environment if it goes the way it says so i'm really happy uh, to uh, say this and also invite people over and i do have one doubt uh, it's regarding the buy wire news i don't know i can ask it here or so it's okay so you can right. ask any question we'll see if we have the answer so uh, i've been seeing about this uh, buy wire thing and and eos so i checked it out I checked the website today and i uh, know i can't immediately see to for, you know to find a, a connection uh, between yoi and eos so it can anyone clarify that uh sure so you're looking for the link between a bywire and eos well bywire is a news organization uh they do a lot of interviews and content about eos so that's one way uh, that it's linked but uh more recently they've been implementing an um ai uh type of uh sentiment analysis software uh for their news platform and uh some components of that system is ran on eos now uh i don't know all the details and i don't think anyone from bywire is on the call uh, right now um but i encourage you to uh, reach out to them uh, michael from bywire is very friendly and, and i'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer these questions just for you all right thank you uh, uh specifically there's an option to donate uh, to bywire and there's no option to donate eos so <laughs> i got confused so thank you sure and thank you for uh for joining the fireside and jumping uh, on the audio chat with us much appreciated yeah hey uh, i i i want to take this opportunity to uh, uh thanks the support that he has gave me on the past few weeks so uh, thank you hurray for collaboration love to see it that's what pomelo's designed to uh incentivize and it's really great to see and it it's coming really to light in season 3 where you got grants that are interacting with other grants and projects helping each other out building on top of previous uh you know uh public goods that were released in season 2 season 1 and uh yeah great great to see and and thank you for your uh for your testimonials thanks chat here love to see all the activity love to see everyone answering the questions that we get and newcomers to space well done everyone um final thing i guess 
remind you guys, uh, before the event is over, you can go to the pop bot chat in Discord here, write money sign uh, followed by your EOS account name, and then you'll earn a pop token. And these pop tokens can be uh, blended, four of them, into a, uh, a raffle entry ticket. And we do a draw every month. Uh, so it's too late to uh, enter the draw for the July, the July draw that's being that's going to happen right after the show. Uh, but you can uh, enter the August one. Up to 47 people signed up for the pop token today. Very nice, very nice. Near near the all time highs. I also noticed that we reached, I think it was 65 people in this uh, fireside chat today. Another another strong showing from the EOS community, so that's great to see. Hey, Steph, how you doing? It's Kent. Great, Kent. How are you doing? Oh, I thought I'd jump in here at the end of the day. Uh, I thought Trimbot had a very excellent analysis when you were talking to um, uh, uh, who was the person that we were talking to earlier. That uh, it, that's keeping an eye on Zach. <laughs> Yes, Trimbot is a legend. Was that your only comment? Yeah, Trimbot is a legend. I just pretty much made right. a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Patty. Was her name Patty? Patty? Yes. Patty, 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 who's keeping an eye on Zach. Oh, and I also want to say hi to Mel out in London. So thanks. There you go. Shout outs. Okay. Shout outs to Mel in London. Shout out. So, thanks, I'd Dad. like to comment on your um, growing, you know, growing and collaborating with Pomelo. Um, you don't mind sure go for it love to hear it so so our first season at tippet we we said oh let's just add nfts to tip it tip it and we really really didn't know where that would go and we ended up collaborating with um artist byron with his zombie stuff and then um that was the first season and the second season said okay we've got nfts let's do membership nfts and then that was our second season and also extensions so we could expand on Tippet. And then that's where the EOS bees came around. And everyone knows about the bees now because uh, they're bringing in people from all around the world into the EOS ecosystem. And, uh, uh, you know, really innovative um, advertising promotion mechanism that, that I'm just amazed to see how well that's that's all working and and so we're just continuing that on but uh you know the collaboration between artist byron usbs and then the pomelo the pomelo seasons kind of building on each other within tippet adding more and more functionality was was able to enable that and so i'm really happy with the whole season approach of pomelo and uh working together with the other teams so um Great job, you guys. Thanks for the kind words. That's exactly the kind of you know good experience I like to share. It's the idea that the value of Pomelo isn't in the, the first season you participate. It's that momentum you build season over season. And it's you know, something I've been talking about since season one. And actually seeing it play out now on season three is, is amazing. So thanks for sharing your experience. Airhorn for Pomelo.
Hey, everybody. Uh, I had a quick question. Can you hear me? Yes. Who is this? Awesome. This is uh, Gavin from, uh, well, we have a project right now, eCPU in Palmelo. We also launched SOV and SVX and some other stuff. And I'm pretty sure DDC would like to say hi, but I believe he is uh, at work and unable to. Um, but I, I had just a quick question because I wasn't aware of the opportunity that we have to, uh, for the two minutes to pitch our projects. Where exactly would I sign up for that? Sure. Um, so it's uh, it's shared in the stream chat here, and it's okay. also in the um, in the profile of uh, Pomelo Grants on Twitter. So uh, okay. Daniel shared the link here. Let me reshare it for you because there's actually been a lot of messages in the stream. Beat chat you to here, it. Is, uh, <laughs> me I'm, it. I'm sorry, guys. I probably should have checked the stream chat before I even said anything. But I'm just uh, typically don't use Discord a lot. I'm more on Telegram. I, I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. Uh, I do want to say thanks to everybody for supporting EOS because, I mean, we're the ones that are, you know, sticking around building on everything. But I, I definitely got to pop off because I got a restless three-year-old and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to make things awkward. But uh, thank you so much and, you know, keep trucking on everybody. Awesome, Gavin. And thanks for uh, joining the fireside. Good to hear from you. And uh, definitely, this is the place to ask your questions. So you ask how to get on the pitch session. That's totally fine. This is the place to ask your questions. So no worries there. Hey, uh, is the new CMO still around? Is Patty still around? She's still in the chat. I don't know if she's still uh, by her computer, but she did. Uh, she did give it a little shout out just a few minutes ago. Okay, well, I'm I, here. Yeah, I just wanted Hi. to ask. Yes, you, I'm still on it. Yes. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask if uh, there is like a roadmap of how this marketing strategy is going to develop, or any any place where we can check it out. Uh, not yet. We, I mean, we've already started some of the activities. I think um, Zach covered, um, you know, event marketing and event strategy, just the the top funnel of thought leadership and, and getting our name out there and the visibility in the market um, in the industry. That's going to be one of the first stages um, that we, you know, that we uh, go after. Um, but uh, we, that, that's part of what we'll do in Toronto is, is, firm up, uh, you know, what that looks like for the short term um, this year and this quarter. Um, there's a lot of, of activity uh, that we have that we'll be announcing, uh, you know, with the community and, and uh, some of the releases that, that are coming. Um, and then uh, into 2023, you know, how do we start the year strong? Um, and uh, uh, and so I, I think uh, we'll, we'll uh, have that kind of roadmap to share. Um, and uh, as we, you know, as we get that together, um, we'll we'll post it uh, or share it here, or post it on on the site or or in Twitter. So we'll we'll get the right channels and the right information to you. Okay, so is it going to be driven by, uh, like marketing campaigns? It will be campaigns uh, will, based. Or? Yeah, yeah, we will have campaigns. I mean, we're still looking to build the foundation. I mean, uh, so you know. We talked about event marketing content marketing that you know we'll do or that we'll do uh, with the community. 
Um, we'll also be looking at this uh, short term some foundational things like search the confusion on which website to come to is it you know, who handles what of of EOS and, and the network and ESIO and and so what we want to do um, as well in the short term is try to make sure that we're leaving some of that confusion for some uh, for new folks coming in and be able to get to why. Um, I know that there is an effort around um, onboarding. Uh, you've heard from me and enough of, of areas that we're tackling that we know have pain points. So on the marketing comm side, that will be something else that we'll help support and and um, and uh, make sure that for newcomers, um, it, it is painless. Um, so that that will be another um, area that we'll look at uh, for the short term. Um, so it, it will be. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, finding the community uh, where they are and then, you know, different types of uh, strategies to grow at different times. Um, but the, the, again, I think one of the other examples um, that we're looking to do is, uh, you know, how do we work with the community and partners around scaling, um, you know, instead of us uh, decentralizing the marketing and, and enabling the, the community to also help us get uh, the, you know get to where we want it to be so um, the model that we're setting up in Europe uh, with uh, the events um, you know the type of events the audience what that journey is how do we come about um, in the uh, experience on the floor um, and then um, making sure we, we're being um, uh, very uh, uh, efficient uh, around uh, you know, multiple events. So we're not spending uh, money each different time, but how do we scale within just Europe in the fall? How do we measure it? That's going to be an investment that we make. Um, so, you know, uh, making sure we have the the right uh, measurement with the team there and um, and learn from it uh, because that those are the types of programs that we'll, we'll look to scale. Um, and, and we'll be doing more of that I don't want to say experiment because there is a science around, you know, other companies have done this uh, in other ways. So looking at models and, um, you know, being able to, to quickly adapt the marketing as, you know, as, as we need. So. Okay. Thank you. Really appreciated answer. It's, um, uh, it's really amazing. It looks great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, hello, everyone. Hi, Stefan. Um, I don't know if you uh, can hear me because I'm no right now in my house and I have some signal mistakes. But uh, I want to jump into the Elspari side chat. Yeah, we can so, hear you. Welcome to the chat. Thank you. Um, since Zach was talking a bit about Ethereum, I wanted to share some comments because um, there are some reasons 
to represent that the Ethereum ecosystem is what is because um, the Ethereum ecosystem is what is for two all what this represents and what cover it. By this, I mean that um, are the protocols and the different type of service and the cover media that covers the Ethereum ecosystem. So um, the media ecosystem that covers uh, the Ethereum is, for example, consensus, the most important blockchain conference in the world. And so others courage conferences like the ATH Denver or the Ethereum community conference. So in Latin America, that covers uh, the Ethereum is uh, the Bitcoin conference, uh, the blockchain summit LATAM. And this conference producers, produces and covers a lot of materials about the Ethereum uh, ecosystems and their projects. So HDR and in this uh, conference, a lot of projects will be launched and announcement. So that's a right uh, and excellent way to get introduced to the world because they have uh, Ethereum hubs. Ethereum hubs and also the ET research, a reference site that is for technical specs protocols and Ethereum projects. And that is most the, of the EOS Nation Foundation information in information circulates on the social media. And that is disseminated within the community and his social space like this uh, EOS Fireside Chat so I think this media is what the the NF showed also look for covering the EOS in the world because EOSnets all possible means to cover information in the world, not only in the community. I just want to share my opinion and it's a personal thing. And not everyone has to agree, right? But the NFS, the NF represent EOS in a way as far as it can go at what media covers covers it. So this is a feedback, but I think that the EOS and the EOS community net someone like the EOS community conference that will be um, prepared one time a year, for example. All right, uh, thank you very much uh, for those comments and uh, thanks for joining the Fireside and being part of the community. I agree with you uh, on the last part, at least about the EOS community conference. We'd love to see more of those 
obviously the last few years conferences were kind of not a thing but like zach said earlier in the show sounds like there's an eos community conference being planned uh, for 2023 so that's super exciting and uh, i'm definitely going to show up and cancel whatever i need to cancel in my personal life to make sure that i uh, i attend this upcoming community conference i think it's gonna be great i would love to get to meet a lot of you uh in here the regular fireside uh, members here that join every week hopefully we get to we get to all meet up uh at some at some point uh in 2023 unfortunately i won't be doing the tour this year in toronto or in singapore and all the other places that the ENF is working on having a presence. Um, but uh, some of our, so, some other EOS Nation team members are definitely going to be there. And uh, yeah, I want to be there for the EOS Community Conference in community conference but also bringing into bringing use into existing um, majors and important conference in the world yeah absolutely if you listen to last week's show I think it was last week or maybe the week before Zach definitely shared some news about uh, the progress they're, they're making on that front uh, about a uh, collaboration with Zaisan and for them to uh, help the ENF represent the EOS community in a lot of conferences. So I think there's going to be a lot of announcements in that regard being done uh, in the next few weeks. And we should definitely see uh, EOS have a much bigger presence at a lot of these conferences in the coming uh, months and years uh, than we did uh, previously. That's for sure. Mm. But uh, thanks for joining and thanks for jumping on uh, on the chat here with us. That's awesome. All right, we made it pretty much to two uh, two hours. Got a few minutes left. Last call for anyone who wants to jump on there, say hi, ask a question. Um, now or never until next week. Last, the last. Um, I just want to share about my project i'm the leader of uh, subdeploy so subdeploy starting as a content creation hub but we need we want to upgrade to a platform no, educational platform so if you want you can check out subdeploy on pomelo and consider supporting us and i want I will share some information in the next Pomelo pitch. Awesome, excellent. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing more about uh, about your project uh, on the rapid fire. I hope you can join us for that pitch session. And uh, for those who are curious, I uh, shared your grant link here. Uh, even though this isn't a pitch session, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have, obviously it's a very big topic right now in the community. So. We're fine talking about grants here and there. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for us today. 
Thank you for everyone uh, who joined in. Uh, remember to donate to Pomelo, support the pro EOS projects you love. And um, yeah, have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, listening live or uh, uh, afterwards on Discord, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever it is, on your podcast, on your run, while you're driving, wherever it is you're listening to the fireside, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, appreciate everyone who joined us live in Discord. And until next week, hope everyone has uh, a good week and let's go EOS! Go EOS! Go EOS! Go EOS! Go EOS! Have a good one, guys. Go EOS! Loving it, loving it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stefan. Have a great day or evening, wherever you are and everyone. <laughs>